2: To support the podcast please like and share with other teachers thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast
0: and now here are laura and rhonda
2: hi welcome to whole brain teaching the podcast we're so glad that you joined us today Um, It's going to be another great conversation in our Beloved Rascals series. I'm Laura Forehand. I'm an advanced Platinum Certified Whole Brain Teaching Instructor. I teach second grade in Northwest Missouri, and I'm really excited for today's conversation because it's about something I don't know that much about. So as always, I am very grateful to have my spunky co-host with me today, so, I'll let her introduce herself.
1: <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. I'm Rhonda Arlt, and I am a second grade teacher in Goddard, Kansas, and I'm an advanced platinum um, certified instructor as well. So glad to have you here today, Sarah.
0: Yes, hi. i'm so I'm so glad to be here. Yes,
2: yeah, so today we are talking to Executive board member, Sarah Metter. She's back with us on the podcast, and she has been on the podcast two other times with us. Once she was here for episode 12, where she talked to us about super improve Team for secondary teachers. And then you were recently back with us on episode 23, where you talked about um, teaching the brainies and the gestures, which was both of those were awesome podcasts. So yes. um, welcome back. We're so glad to have you back on the podcast. Thank
0: you guys just listening to that. I can't believe it's been that long and that you guys have done so many awesome podcasts. Um, I love listening to the podcast too. So it's it's just another wonderful resource available. And I know you've gotten, I think you're at 10,000 downloads yeah, already, which is just plus. really, really awesome. So congratulations on all your awesome hard work. Wow. Well, we appreciate you. your
2: support more than you know. So um, when we talked to you last um, we were kind of in the middle of our school year and it, you know, we've talked about how it's been kind of a different school year with COVID and everything. So how did the rest of your school year go? Did you have a good rest of your school year? It's over.
0: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have to say I was very lucky that our school was in person all year long. We never had a full district shutdown. Um, we had, you know, classes quarantined or obviously kids quarantined and it was It was a definitely different year, but just being able to be in person was tremendous. Um, I think more than anything, I always try to see the silver lining. And I think things happened in our district and and in lots of districts with people that I've talked to that things happened that would never have happened without COVID Mm -hmm. on a positive level. You know, we as a district, we went one to one, which would have taken several years, but we did it in two months. You know, things like that, where I think people have realized kind of taken restock of what's important and what's not important. And, you know, while there's people that used to fuss about having the most perfect bulletin board on the block, um, now have kind of refocused. Um, and, you know, I love a good bulletin board. But I think that's one of the positives, at least I've taken away from the year is just both in personal life, professional life, kind of taking a just a double check of what's what priorities are and what's important. So
2: That is such a a good thing. Yeah, that is such a good point. And that actually just like internally makes me like breathe a sigh of relief just to hear you say that because it's so true. Um, Were there any specific like whole brain teaching strategies that you were just really grateful to I mean, we're grateful to have them all but any one in particular that you were really grateful to have during such a maybe trying or unique school year?
0: For me this year, I think it was the character education component. Um, we use the virtue calendar. We moved to a block schedule this year, so it was a unique change. And if you're if you're familiar with the virtue calendar, uh, it gives you a different virtue for each day of the week. But I would now only see students every other day, so kind of managing how how that worked. Um, and I just chose to continue. Every Monday was Kindness Monday, and uh, and when I saw the students, that's what we talked about. Um, but I think it just gave me a chance to weave some character education, but some mindfulness practices and, and some things that in a year where everyone was kind of on a high stress level, um, just keeping balanced and focused and um, just using the words of the virtue calendar and weaving those into everything we do, I think is, is a, a really foundational component.
2: And the virtue calendar can still be found on the website. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Yep. So if you go to wholebrainteaching.com, you want to click on where it says character education up at the top. And then the virtue calendar is one of our character education components. Perfect. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, like Laura mentioned, we are continuing this series about beloved rascals. And we've been asking all of our guests this question, and we want to hear your response on it as well. When you think of a beloved rascal, what, what does that term mean to you? And how do you define a beloved rascal?
0: Oh, good question. Um, first of all, I love that Coach kind of coined this, this term, beloved rascal, because I think we can have a lot of different terms to describe this same group of students. Um, but calling them a rascal kind of puts a silly you know, spin on it. Um, but you definitely have to call them beloved rascals. And to me, these are the students whose names um, are likely most often the ones coming out of our mouths. They're the ones that we think about at night. They're the ones that get under our skin. They're the ones that, for whatever reason, we have trouble reaching. Um, and I think when I can only speak, speak to me, but these are the students, because I think I have trouble reaching them, they're the ones that are constantly on my mind because they're the ones that I want to reach, you know, they're the ones who... Whether I think a lot of times we think of beloved rascals as the disruptors in our class. You know, they're the loud ones. Um, but there's also a, a whole separate group of beloved rascals who are the silent ones, the ones who, you know, are silently, willfully um, not completing homework or, you know, doing other things that, that I want them to, to help them to grow and to help them to learn. Um, it's not just the loud, disruptive ones. It's also the ones who are just giving minimal effort. Um, and it's, it's the ones, to me, the definition of a beloved rascal is just the ones that I have trouble reaching. Um, and that might be a different definition than maybe what others have given, but that's kind of what it is to me. Oh, yeah, I think that's great. Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. I love that definition. And I like that you pointed out that some of our beloved rascals are the silent ones. That's so true. So true. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it's not always the one that's creating the chaos in the classroom all the time. Mm-hmm. so exactly. that's a good point yeah. mm-hmm.
2: so so far we've discussed flight school we've talked about the practice cards and we've talked about the bullseye game mm-hmm. and how we can use those effectively with our beloved rascals but today we're going to talk about um a topic that i'm not i'm not that familiar with um I, I can't say that I've ever used it in my classroom, but it's definitely a tool that I want to learn more about, which is Open the Door. So what exactly is Open the Door when we're
0: talking about using that as a whole brain teaching strategy? Sure. So if you're listening and you want to kind of find all these resources somewhere, go to wholebrainteaching.com, go to the Beloved Rascal page from the top, and you'll see all of them listed there. Um, And I do want to give my plug for the bullseye game because I love the bullseye game. It is awesome. So if you don't know about that, go learn more, listen to the podcast. Um, But I'm going to stop you, Laura, because when you say you haven't used it, I guarantee you have because open the door is a very simple strategy. But the fact that it's listed there in that list is really just a reminder of for these students who when you go to the beloved Rascal page, you'll see kind of the list of maybe an order of things to try. And Open the Door, I think, is number eight on that list. Um, what you're really trying is to reach that child, you know, to, to reach their motivational core, to reach them, you know, so that you can help them help solve problems. You know, our students, they're not going to learn from us if, if, if we can't connect to them, if we can't reach them. And some of our students we can reach just by, you know, using... The WBT Basics, using Improver, using the scoreboard. Some of our students are motivated by those things, um, and so that that's all that they need. Um, but as you work your way down the list, sometimes you realize that you have students that you try everything with, and just nothing is working. Um, and what Open the Door simply means is to build a relationship with a student, to open the door from your heart to their heart. That's it. And what we try to do with all of our students, obviously, I mean, this is, you know, the big buzzword right now, of course, with SEL curriculum being such a a big push, I think, right now in in all schools, um, is to build relationships with all of your students. And to do it with all of your students is absolutely important. But it is so much more important for those beloved rascals. Um, And that's what Open the Door really is. It's about with those beloved rascals, the ones that you're having trouble reaching, Um, this strategy is just a reminder that you have to open the door between your heart and theirs. And to do that, there's kind of a list it's a really short section on the website. Um, and it's just about starting with asking them questions, you know, when it's not content driven, when it's not, you know, a structured time of class, just asking them questions. Something as simple as, you know, how's it going today? Um, digging into things that they like, you know, what video games are you playing? TikTok is, you know, a big thing right now. So, I know some teachers that have have these beloved rascals explain to them, you know, how to make a video on TikTok or how to post something on TikTok or explaining how to do a video game. Sometimes just if you know what a, what a student is interested in and asking their help for something is a good way to work towards building that bridge. Um, I know a lot of teachers do things like exit tickets and you know surveys and those kinds of things, which are awesome and a great way to get to know all of your students. But with these beloved rascals, finding the time to have, it doesn't have to be anything long, you know, a 10 second, two or three times a day, if you can, um, ask them a question and see if they'll answer and just try to build that relationship. I kind of think of it like a chain, you know, you want to build a really strong chain and you have to build it one link at a time because nothing else has worked. So, just trying to reach out and connect with them on their terms and on their level and open the door for that connection from their heart to yours. Okay. That makes a lot of sense.
1: We've discussed on previous episodes, the importance of not giving our beloved rascals a stage. And I can kind of see where it's not really, this isn't a negative attention, but it could be embarrassing to them. So our, are you trying this approach when it's just like you and that student or is it okay? Like if, you know, kids are walking in in the morning to say it when I mean I don't want to embarrass the child, but yet I want to have that communication with them. So what would you recommend?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Definitely an an unstructured time is great. You know, I always like to stand at the door um, and as kids walking in, obviously saying hi and hello, but this is a great time to be like, Hey, um, you know, I can't give you an example because it's so in the moment and based on each individual kid, you know, it could be something as simple before you really have a chance to get to know them on a deeper level. It could be something as simple as like, Hey, you know, I love that shirt. Where'd you get it? Or, um, you know, if it's a movie, be like, Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. Have you seen it? Just asking them something not content related not too deep and personal at first but really what you're trying to do is just build a a communication bridge between the two of you um, on simple things and that's just you know basic human nature is you don't Mm -hmm. when you first meet somebody you don't bare your whole soul to them and tell them all your deep dark secrets Um, and sometimes i think we expect our students to be able to do that too and and they're you're human so their walls are just as strong as ours are so um, you know, when they enter or when students are working, you can go talk to a kid. It's definitely an individual kind of thing, um, but you have to know your students well enough to kind of know when. And so that's the craft of it is finding the right time. Um, a lot of times I like to go into the cafeteria and see who they're sitting with. And that kind of gives you, cause I, I teach upper grades, right? So I only see them in this group of students, same with elementary where you only see them in that, in that class. But for us at lunch, they can sit with whoever they want. So knowing who they choose to sit with um, and just finding ways of learning what they like so that then you can kind of try to start talking about those things, start learning about those things on your own. So you have that knowledge um, and just trying to build a common knowledge base with them. Because like I said, if if you can't reach them, you can't teach them. So ooh, that rhymed. Look at that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> So just trying to build those relationships and relationships are so huge. So if you Google it, you can find so many resources to help build relationships, but this strategy is really more pointed towards those beloved rascals and just how important it is um, to build a relationship, a one-on-one relationship with those children.
1: So would you recommend a teacher starting this at the beginning of the school year, just to kind of begin this relationship with all of our students or his students?
0: Yeah, I think this is a great, a great way to, to start to get to know and build a relationship with everybody. I mean, learning, you, we want to know what our, what our students like. We want to know who they are. Um, I, I usually have 120 to 130 students a year, so it can be difficult. But just keeping this strategy in the back of your mind, um, you know, knowing that you will have less problems. You know, students in general cause less problems when they feel like the person they're with cares about them you know, it's much, it's much easier to stand up and cuss out somebody that they feel like isn't there to help them. And so letting them know that we're there to help them, letting them know that we're, we're there to get to know them on an individual level. You know, I had a a class in college where, and mind you, this was college, but I'm sure all of us have a story of this professor of mine was a biology class. And I don't think it would have mattered if there was a single person in the room. He was given his lecture to himself And it didn't matter who was listening at all. Um, It wasn't personal. I didn't put in my best effort because he didn't know anything about me. And that was me as a grown, you know, adult-ish person who Mm -hmm. put in less effort and did less work and cared less because this professor didn't even know if we were in the room or not. Um, And it's the same in my eighth grade class or in your kindergarten class or fourth grade class. Um, you know, when our students know that we care about them, that has to be the first step. So getting getting all of your students, you know, understanding all of your students is important, but more specifically for those students that um, are struggling.
2: Yeah, good point. A, that was a good question, Rhonda. So you already shared that you were face-to-face all year. Rhonda mm-hmm. and I were also both face to face all year long, but we know there are teachers that listen to the podcast that were virtual part of the year, or that are going to go back to school even next school year, and be possibly 100% virtual. Is this a strategy that you can use in a virtual classroom? And if so, how would you go about doing that?
0: Absolutely. So our students did get to pick if they wanted to be in person or virtual. And so I had seven classes that I taught this year. Six of them were in my room and one of them was virtual. So I had one virtual class all year long. Um, And I think it's more important and harder to get to know them when it's virtual. Um, I actually saw one of my virtual students uh, in person in real life, but he had a mask on and I'd never seen him with a mask on. And I have never seen him in person. So it was kind of like, that looks like his forehead. I think that's him. I'm not really <laughs> sure. So it was just, you know, weird. Like I, it, I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I recognized that uh, this was a whole class of beloved rascals for no other reason than it was harder for me to reach them because it was so much easier for them to just turn the computer off when they didn't want to do something. Um, and so, for me, that opened the door. I always come back to the idea that it's really just opening both my and their doors. So there's a bridge between our hearts. And so as a whole class, just doing things that are silly. I mean, when they, when we started our zoom, sometimes I'd have music playing and I'd be singing um, and just being silly. And, you know, they never knew what they were going to get when they joined my zoom, which I'm sure you can imagine. Um, And so it was, I, I had a really good attendance because they were like, what's this crazy lady going to do today? You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the first step. Um, so allowing myself to be silly. Um, but then of course doing engaging lessons. So those are all the things in the beginning of that beloved rascal list, you know, engaging lessons. We really talked about improvement and super improver and I made that a focus. Um, but obviously there were a couple students that, um, really struggled with attendance and struggled with work completion. And so email was, uh, obviously, I teach eighth graders, um, but email was my go-to. So I would just send them an email. There were a couple that would email me, you know, we'd email back and forth a couple times a day, a couple that it was a struggle, but I just kept reaching out. So um, and I think that's the bottom line is, when you have those students that you recognize their name keeps coming out of your mouth, that you're complaining about them in the workroom, or you have, you know, student services meetings where you spend an hour telling stories about the child and no no decision is ever made, because I know we've all been in meetings like that, right? Mm -hmm. These are the students who you have to sit down and say, okay, what can I do to reach them? What can I do to get to know them? It's not content related. It's not test score related. It's You know, I just want to get to know this human being as a human being. And I can't tell you where I heard it from. um, And I'm sure it's something that's been been said in a lot of different places, but it's just the idea of just one person is all it takes. You know, if if you just have one person that's in your corner, if you just have one person that believes in you, that's the difference between being successful and not uh, graduating high school and not. Um, feeling good about yourself and not just having that one person. And so you, you can't be that one person if you don't know your students. Right. Um, right. and So this is just the first step.
1: Well, I think you make a good point that relationships are important to build with our students, whether you're face to face or you're in a virtual classroom, because I think both areas it's, it's extremely important. So We would love to close out today's podcast with a personal story of how you used Open the Door in your classroom over the years. How did using the whole brain teaching strategy reform your beloved rascals?
0: Good. So there, um, I I don't want to give too much detail, um, but I I can think of a couple where, um, you know, this was the typical child by the time they get to me in eighth grade, if they are beloved rascals, they've likely been beloved rascals for a really long time. They've perfected it whether they've perfected their invisibility cloak and are quiet beloved rascals, or they have their megaphone super glued to their hand and they have just, you know, and in typical school systems, they have had detentions. They've had parent conferences. They've had phone calls home. They've had suspensions. And none of those things work. None of the behaviors have changed. Um, I've had a couple of students who, Um, I can't say I I worked wonders, but I have sat in several meetings where all of the other teachers that are in the room are seeing the same behaviors. And I can say something like, this student's a leader in my room. This student stands up and leads lessons. This is my group leader. Because a lot of times the ones who are strongly defiant, um, who are what we think of as being the, the, the loudest beloved rascals, those are our leaders. They just lead for evil instead of good. That's usually what happens. You know, they're the ones who we say, oh, when they're gone, my whole class is different because they can just lead everybody else down that path, you know. But to make that connection, to just find, it just takes one thing, you know, and to, I guess it's, it's more important, uh, as equally important for me to get to know them as it is for them to get to know me. And so, a lot of times I'll find uh, that I'll share things in those very brief 10-second you know, conversations that I have with those the specific students I'm thinking of. I share more about me than they do about them for a while. You know? um, and usually what will happen is they'll come in and they'll ask me a question about something I've shared with them. You know, I've got three kids, so I talk about them a lot or my husband or things like that. Or I love food, so I always love to talk about food. Food is always a great go-to with, a, with an open-the-door Um, well, they'll, you know, they'll come in and be like, Hey, you know, did your kid win your baseball game last night? Because that's what I told them the day before that I was excited. Or if it was a kid that played baseball, I can think of one. And I was like, man, my kid is striking out every time. Like, I know you play baseball, right? Do you play baseball? And you're like, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what to tell this kid. Like, what do you guys do at practice? What are some things I could do at home? So reaching out for those kids to get their help is a a great you know, avenue to help them feel important. Um, and with all of those examples, um, there were times when I at meetings said, you know, this kid is my leader. And everybody kind of looked at me like, what? Are we talking about the same kid? <laughs> yeah, because it's in there. You just gotta, you just gotta open the door.
2: Wow. It's so powerful to listen to just those examples. And and you're right. it 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 is as easy as creating that relationship with them. And, and I have done that before, I guess, like you said, I just didn't Uh know that I was actually doing that. So Uh um, this has been a really great conversation in um, our beloved rascals. And you know what, those beloved rascals are going to be in our classrooms no matter what, probably till we're done (laughs) teaching. Uh So it's so nice to like, just feel that reaffirmation of, you know, creating those relationships and, that's where you got to start. Um, you talked about how, how our listeners can find Open the Door on the website. But if they have more questions or need just some personal guidance from you, is there a way they can contact you as well?
0: Sure. If you're on the homepage of our website and you scroll down, you'll see, first of all, all of our Facebook grade-level groups. And I always tell people that is your number one best way to get a response. So we've got grade-level Facebook groups Uh, for kinder all the way up through high school. And you can see them. They're just linked right there on the homepage of our website. And it's a great place for, you know, for you to just kind of stalk and see what other people are saying. Or you can post a question. You can see other people's questions and respond. It's just a wonderful forum. And I I am a member of a lot of different groups on Facebook, you know, science teachers and middle school teachers and, you know, cricket users and Google for education and, all different kinds of things. But every time I'm in any of those other groups, I miss the whole brain teaching ones because they are just such a loving, accepting group. Um, Just the whole brain teachers that that have joined in. It's a spectacular place where people are just wanting to help each other and are so positive when social media can be so negative. It's just a great little respite. I like it. Um, You'll also see on our homepage uh, everybody's Instagram and so my Instagram is there too. You can find me at WBT middle on Instagram. Uh, and so just sending me a direct message on Instagram is probably the fastest way um, to connect. And I'd be more than happy to answer questions that anybody has. If you're listening and you want to shoot me one, feel free. Yeah. And not just
2: that, but just any question. Cause you're mm-hmm. very, mm-hmm. about- Oh well, thank you very
0: much. <laughs>
1: We are thankful for your willingness to come back on the podcast. I know you're extremely busy. You've been working on redoing this, the website and doing some things over the summer for whole Brain teaching. So um, thank you so much for giving your time to us today. In fact, um, I think we're going to have you on um, on a future one talking about the agreement bridge. So we yes. can't wait for that one. Yes. yes. Awesome. Well, I want to
0: thank you guys for having me and for all that you do. Um, It's just such a a nice resource to have. So keep up the great work.
2: Well, thank Thank you. you. And we are very thankful, as always, to all of our listeners. And so please continue to like, share this podcast with all of your teacher friends. And until next time, thank you for joining us today.